Welcome to Three Things Podcast, a podcast about journeys and the things we hold in our hands. For us, it's a good book, a favorite drink. Christine and I will be having conversations with friends, both old and new, asking them to share their faith journeys, and of course, what do they hold in their hands? So join us on this journey where we hope you will find some inspiration. If you like what you hear, please let us know and be sure to share this podcast with a friend. Because ultimately, we are all on a journey, and sometimes the best thing we can hold in our hand is the hand of a friend. Well, hello, everyone. This is Jason and Christina, and we're here with Three Things Podcast. And uh, do you want to say hello? Hi. (laughs) This is Christina. (laughs) So that's Christina. So um, anyway, uh, we um, we have two guests on today's show. Uh, Lyle and Mary Roybal, um, and they're friends of ours, and they agreed to be on the show. So we're hoping they'll stay our friends after they've been on the show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but with that being said, you know, we want to give a little insight. We asked Mary and, and Lyle to be on the show, uh, probably for more selfish reasons than anything else. Um, to be honest, you guys, we we just you've been we've been in the same parish for as long as I mean, you've been here longer than we have, right? Well, yes yeah, and, but yes and not no. Not necessarily in the same parish. <laughs> yeah. we, we went to church up in, well. Up in St. Pat's St. in Rexburg. Yeah. We, we did that for, oh, did you really? for, a, for a while. Stretch of years. She was a DRE at St. Um, Pat's for a long time. Oh, yeah, we did that for, for a stretch of time. And then uh, actually um, later on, when you're asking for a story, I've got one. Okay. So, All right. Anyway. About, about that. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right. So, yes. Yeah, so. Anyway, the, you, we to be honest, um, you know, Catholics uh, don't always know everyone in their parish, right? Because we notorious for going to mass and then leaving really quick after mass, and you know that type of thing. What's the joke you can always tell the Catholic Church because all the cars are parked, you know, pulled in backwards <laughs> so they can get out quick. Um, and then we've gotten to know you guys um, through the you know closer. Our circles have sort of gotten a little close together and. And, um, and, and so that we, we've never really had a conversation just to get to know you. Um, we know you have children, um, our, our kids, you have a broader spectrum of kids, but I know our kids are all kind of around that same age a little bit. And, you know, so there's some similarities there. And so we just thought we'd invite you over to have a conversation. So we wanted to say thank you. Yes, thank you. Most thank welcome. you and taking the, the risk and the chance. And I'm very excited show. to have you in my house. I've been wanting you over <laughs> COVID. I've <laughs> <laughs> hindered that. Yeah. So, so introduce you guys. Inter- introduce yourself to the to the, the people who will be listening. Okay. Well, I'm Lyle, and uh, I've been we've been in Idaho almost thirty years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from New Mexico. The decreed mechanical engineer, and we met in New Mexico in Albuquerque. Um, so, Mary's a retired nurse. Yeah, so we moved here. We were in. I met him in New Mexico. We got married. We started having babies, and then I started whining and complaining about how I wanted my mom. I missed my mom so much, and they were living in Montana, and so this was pretty much as close as we could get. And still have Lyle be able to do. You are, know, are you a Montana girl by birth? Darby, Montana. Darby. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we moved there when I was 13. Okay. So originally Green Bay. So then how did you guys end up in New Mexico? Or, or how did you meet in New Mexico? <laughs> well, not surprisingly, we met around a beer keg. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. So, so yeah, we both lived in the same apartment complex. And every Friday, the... Uh, they had a big townhouse there with pool tables and a pool, and it was a kind of a nice apartment complex. Yeah, and uh, they would have a keg of beer and, some food. and food. Yeah, well, I forget about the food. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we met at one of those parties, and uh, I think Mary and her roommate had just moved in, and I was down there and got to talking, and yeah, that's how it all sort of started. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. You don't hear that very often. You know what I mean? Like nowadays, it's well, we went met online. Online, online. Yeah, but just meeting at your apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was in an apartment 
Cobra instead of deer. <laughs> I don't think they do it anymore. Liabilities of that's probably that's changing. You know, it's a different era. Was this right? the 80s? <laughs> uh, it certainly was. Yes, yes. 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 the 80s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't worry about that stuff. Yeah. So then you guys married and uh, started having children and and then ended up here in Idaho? Mm-hmm. Pretty much it. Our two old, three oldest were born in Albuquerque. And then we moved here when our son Bradley was, gosh, just little. Three, months four old. months maybe. And then, um, yeah, and then so that was the first three. And then we had four more after after that. So... Yeah, the first five were real close together in age, and they're the ones that are more your kids' age. Right, right. And then um, five years later came Tom, and then five years after that was Eva. And so she's still at home. She's a freshman at Bonneville. So, yeah. Right on. Right on. That's right, because yeah, Gunner and Tom are closer. Right, age. yeah. Gunner's older, but not yeah, quite Tom's going to be 21 this year. Yeah, just by a year then, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So... Wait, oh. will you... What? Just tell me, and I know I've probably asked before, but where is Darby in relation to... So if you go to Bertram's, if you go to Salmon, yeah. and then you go up over the mountain, Lost Trail down. over Lost Trail Pass, yeah. and down um, into the Bitterroot Valley, it's at the bottom There's of the that antique store there you wanted me to stop, and I just kept on driving. Oh. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> it's probably... <laughs> why would you do that? Well, why, why did you bring it up? Yeah, I know, I know. I 30, that now. 30, 40 minutes south of Missoula, yeah. on mm-hmm. US 93. So it's not very big? Oh, no. Tiny. Tiny like? Like there were 36 in my graduating class. Oh. Tiny. Tiny. So maybe 1,000 people in town? There were 450 about when I was oh, there. Oh, right. So. Okay. They did have yeah. two bars, though. Of course. That's <laughs> Montana. It was a logger. It was a logger it town. It was a logging uh, town. Oh. Until a couple until of uh, sawmills. Yeah. But, you know, your typical <gasps> little town in Montana, I would say. This part northwest, I guess. Yeah. We rode through it when we took that motorcycle, when we rode the motorcycle that first year in formation. Oh. And through that hailstorm and hailstorm. And, and the bird flew out and hit me in the chest. <gasps> it was a terrible trip. Did yeah. you crash? No. No. Oh, no, I had a, I, it was raining and cold and wet and snowy. <laughs> and um, so we were entirely, I was, and when was, this was August. Yeah, it was We August. went in August. There was a hailstorm and we, in August. So anyway, we were coming down and, um, What's just outside of Missoula, south of there? Hamilton? Not Hamilton. Well, there's there's Lolo, Lolo and Stevensville. Yeah, all, yeah. But anyway, a bunch of little towns there. We were just coming in, and um, you know, my motorcycle had those big ape hangers on it, and this bird flew up out of the side ditch, you know, and it hit me perfectly in the chest. <laughs> but I was I had my rain gear on, I had my leather jacket on underneath that, and I had my leather vest underneath that. And I had my phone in my vest pocket, breast pocket, and that bird just hit that phone. And luckily, we stayed on the bike, and I mean, I don't think I had much of a bruise, but I mean, it scared us pretty bad. It was, yeah. was kind of cool. So anyway. It's kind of like a John Paul II phone, huh? Yeah, right? It was, yeah, right, right. You know, that's, and you know what? Omen-wise, that's the second time, like when I had my motorcycle accident, the phone was in my pant leg. That's right, and it saved, yeah. And it, that's what blew up. That's what hit the anyway, signpost and blew up my leg. But so the phone has saved you twice. I think so. Wow. I, well, yeah. We'll, we'll mm. stick by that. Well, for now, there's <laughs> what other stories Until something else goes up. Well, so let's jump right in because actually um, you guys brought over a, a couple samples for us. Um, so what are you drinking? What are we drinking? Yeah, the right question. you shared with us. Well, um, I make beer, and I've been doing so for five or six years, maybe. Well, at least, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, and I've been kegging beer, and these little homebrew kegs are basically their old Pepsi containers. Uh, anyway, they're five-gallon kegs, and so I've been making these for quite a while, and what I've gotten, one of them is a, I call it my Sierra Madre Pale Ale, and it's really very close to a Sierra Nevada kind of ale. And the other one is a black IPA that I don't think is close to anything you can really buy. I don't, um, and it's just a recipe that I sort of found online, and I modified it a little bit. And it's a Christmas beer, so it's a dark, heavy beer with, you know, it's probably not one of those you want to drink a lot of. 
Well, in one a, sitting. That's uh, the one I'm sitting on. Yeah. Yeah. So what, five years ago you started just out yeah. of curiosity's sake or necessity's sake? I mean, like, no. uh, trying to... Necessity. You, know, you knew the apocalypse was coming. Well, you know, know, or, beer. Maybe you just kind of think, man, I sure, you know, uh, I'm drinking a lot of beer. Maybe it's time I just start making yeah. my own. Actually, the kids got him started. Yeah, the kids, there you go. The kids yeah. thought I should have a hobby to do when I retire. <laughs> I think is how that's. That, I mean, they got me a beer brewing starters, a kit, and also a coffee roasting kind of setup. Okay. So there's two vices right there. There. <laughs> do you roast coffee? As well? Yeah. Um, well, they keep you busy, and you're not retired yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how it started. And you know, the first few beers were out of kits, and they were they were okay. They were, okay. They were drinkable. And I got to the point where I liked concocting my own. I mean, I find a beer that I liked, and I said, "Well, I can make something like that." Yeah. Or look up, and if you get on most websites of breweries, they'll tell you what's in it. They won't tell you the proportions. Sure. Right. But you can kind of guess after a while what's in it to get you know the right color or the right you know the hoppiness of it and that sort of thing. So it's not really difficult once you get to a certain point. It's not difficult to figure out approximately what's the propor pro the proportions are. So well, and there's a refining of your palate, right? I mean, I suppose that's part of it too, right? You well, you know what you like, and then yeah. you know what you're tasting, and you can pick apart what you're tasting and those types of things. And you may, and I found that I've changed a few a little bit because I like something I do better than one of the breweries does, yeah, you know, yeah. so you can sort of tailor things a little bit. I keep a pretty good notebook of what all the oh, batches I've done so I know, that check a box if it's a good one, this was ah, no good, or this could be done better, you know, so if you keep a running tally of all that, it helps a lot next time you so what is, so is your black IPA, this Christmas beer, is it called anything else? Just black IPA? Well, BIPA for short. BIPA. Yeah. <laughs> Which is black IPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think she figured. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was kind of an odd, I mean, it was a, I was intrigued by making a nearly black beer and it is black. I mean, it's as dark as Guinness or any of those dark beers. And so I tried it and I, it came out pretty well the first time I did it. And, and it's his daughter-in-law's favorite, so oh. he makes it every Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So is each kid, oh, and that's does each kid sort of got a favorite that they finally picked on? Well, the boys, they just, they don't, they seem like they're more like, well, whatever's on tap is their favorite. Whatever's on tap, whatever's free. <laughs> 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 the right price, the right, the right They're year. different. Yeah, there's some they like more than others, I'd say. So. Mm -hmm. That's probably great to go home and see Dad and get beer. Yeah. Like you're at a bar. Yeah. You know, there's, there's good and bad of that. I mean, you wonder if I'm contributing to some sort of aberrant behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Not if it's just at home, <laughs> right? Like and with like their brothers that. and with their dads. It is. It's, it's, it's a fun thing. That's it's a fun. connection thing. It is. Right. All the kids can connect to it and have something there. So Sierra Madre, have you been to the Sierra Madres? Or are you just like Sierra Madre? It's just, it was just something they called different than Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> I thought you named it after me. Well, yeah, oh. it was named after me. <laughs> Is it your favorite? So which one's so, your favorite that he makes? Oh my gosh, favorite. That's a tough one because there's a lot of really good ones. Um, but he does, he does a, uh, instead of a black IPA, he also does a red IPA. And that's pretty good. I like that one. So there aren't too many that I don't like. So kind of like the kids, whatever's on tap. I've got one that's in the yeah. fermenter now that is very close to like a Sam Adams lager. So it's, you know. Might be one that. A little milder tasting than like this. Yeah. You'd probably like, she bakes one in the summer that's sort of like a Corona and it uses corn. You actually put corn oh, in Oh, does it smell like corn chips? No, well it's plate corn that you use. It's almost like. Cornflakes corn is what it is, <laughs> but it's but it's not cornflakes. It's doesn't have the sugar in it. 
and you buy it at the beer store for probably more than you could just buy a cornflakes. It's probably the same stuff. <laughs> 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 they have just go to the, the cornflakes. Go to the bulk the section at yeah. uh, right, Winko or Winko. someplace. They probably get the same thing. I, it'd be an interesting thing to try, it actually. Uh, One year we had to schlep at the wine tasting, not the Holy Rosary one, but the city does one, or the Arts Council has ah. a wine tasting, and we said we'd help, but we were put on the beer tables, and I know nothing about the beers, you know, but smile and pour, and one of the beers I had to pour was a tor- corn tortilla beer, and it smelled like corn tortillas. No yeah, and and none of them that I poured I liked. I well, there was a sour one I was okay with, but mm. the corn tortilla, no one wanted to try it. They were like, and yeah, I'm like not well, so much. It's probably good with chips and salsa, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sell it. Yeah, I also make a Negro Modelo type of mm. beer that is a mild, darker beer. Yeah. It's actually, it's really, I like it a lot better. Mm, yeah, I like, I like Negro Modelo. Yeah. yeah, but it's a, but most Mexican beers or Mexican lagers have corn in them. A little bit, you know, a couple of pounds of corn is part of the green bill, so. Hmm. And they don't smell like corn. (laughs) Sounds like science. I think it's a little bit art and a little bit science. There you go. Art with good bookkeeping. (laughs) Art with good bookkeeping. (laughs) You got to keep everything, every ingredient, every measurement. I do. Every 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 batch I've ever, no, I'm not that anal. Okay. But what I put into it is, you know, I put all the ingredients when they go in, what the gravities are when they're done fermenting, so I have an idea what the alcohol content is, um, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like beer. I guess what I'm saying, the comment about your kids thinking you needed a hobby, right? I get that. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, I mean, not that I want to steal your idea, Lyle, but I was like, okay, <laughs> would that be a hobby? And I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that would be a hobby for me. I don't know uh, if I'd no, get into that much. No, I don't know if you know what hobbies for you because you don't have one. Well, yeah, I do. Come on over, you guys. Yeah. Can <laughs> yeah. a batch and see if you like it. I definitely have yeah. t- probably too many hobbies. I mean, I like to golf. I play. One of the things I want to do when I retire is play live again. We'll see how that goes. Oh. Play what? Play, play live. In a band. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He's a guitar guy. Oh, yeah. I want to hear you play. I used to play when I was a kid, all the, you know, until I was about 22. Did you play songs for Mary? Yeah, no, it wasn't part of the most of the songs we played, you know, cover, you know, cover songs of the 70s. So, you know, they some of the words weren't. The most appropriate oh, words for like Hey, those words, yeah. <laughs> those words worked well in the 80s. You know what I mean? Those 70 ballads and rock songs. Don't get me wrong. Those were, those were great. Those were great, man. Yeah, and then, you know, Mary would ask, well, have you ever listened to those lyrics? I said, well, not really. I just listen to the melody. <laughs> then you go back and listen to the lyrics. Oh, well. I'm trying to figure out the fingering on the chord there. And yeah. <laughs> Now I listen to some of those 80s songs, and I'm like, how did we get away with that? I can't even believe that. And bebop and way, singing those words, no wonder. You know, my I got a uh, um, Madonna cassette tape for Christmas one year. I was so excited, and I loved it. And as we were traveling one summer with, with my dad and my mom and my sister, everybody was sleeping, and um, my dad only played one cassette in there, and it was like trucker, trucker songs. And Trucker 409 was on there or something. I mean, like, there's some, if I hear one song, I can sing five in a row because I've heard that so many times. But I handed the Madonna tape to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, please, can we listen to Madonna? And so he pops the tape in, and her first song is Like a Virgin. And I think he heard just two of the, and and he popped it out and threw it out the window. And I'm like, that was my Madonna. I mean, that was mine, and I really like it. Now I have to listen to Trucker 409 again. (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't think about the lyrics. I just liked how it sounded. My dad didn't appreciate it much. (laughs) Someone threw out all my Kiss songs, Kiss records. Oh. Well, when we started having kids, I looked at the covers of those albums, and I went, that can't be in our house. <laughs> oh, there's some good Kiss songs. <laughs> none, none of them are 
Wholesome. No, no, no. I wouldn't, wholesome. I wouldn't put them in the wholesome category. I don't even know if there's a wholesome 80s list. Wholesome. Mm. <laughs> not, not in that category, no. Shoot. So that kind of moves us, like, well, Mary, you didn't like, do you like beer? Oh yes. Okay. Yes. So this 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 hobby plays into you too. Yeah. Were you kind of the one pushing the kids? Say, hey, let's get your um, dad making beer. And, well, they approached me first. They okay. said, do you think dad would like to do this? And I said, I don't really care. You should probably do it anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, but yeah, um, I was really glad that he got going on it. And so, because it's really fun. It's just fun to do different stuff. Very good. Yeah, and it's not really a. A money saving thing because it, it, you put a lot of time into it. I would, it. yeah, say you've got to uh, buy good ingredients, right? You don't. Well, you could make the beers for probably a third of what you can buy them for, but but you put a lot of time into it. And if your time's worth something, then that, that right. evaporates pretty quickly. Well, I imagine the upfront cost too. Yeah, there's a, there's there's some of that. Well, the kids did a lot of that, so. Oh, I, that's true. But I've I've added. A kegging system since the, the, since they started, so and that's really the only way to do this because bottling is really painful. It's just time consuming and putsy and. Yeah. So, like putting it into these two bottles. Well, these are growlers, but yeah, in just regular are... bottles you cap, oh, and then they wow. ferment in the bottle. See, that's what the bottling, because you you use you add sugar to the to the concoction to the what's called the, the wort at that point, and it ferments actually in the bottle and carbonates in the bottle. Yeah, so if you hear beer advertised as being bottle conditioned, that's what it that's means. That's what that is. Oh, so. I didn't know that. I thought it was all, and then final thing was stick it in a bottle and no, put a lid always. on it. No, yeah. Things I learned. There you go. I like it. I learned mm. something today. So jumping on the ne next topics, like what are you guys reading or listening to or watching? Anything that... She's the reader. She's the reader. I'll <laughs> answer most of that. So, no. <laughs> uh, well, I, I do. I like, I like to read. Um, so currently, um, we've actually got a couple of things going. We went, drove to Montana last Saturday to bring my mom's old dining set up for my niece, and um, we downloaded Crack Hours Into Thin Air oh, about yeah. the Everest expedition. Yeah, that's a good And so point. we're about, what, two-thirds of the mm -hmm. way through it, maybe. Mm -hmm. They're just about to make that final Push. ascent, and yeah. so that's where we're at right now. So we haven't finished it, but that was, that's been very interesting. And what I'm reading right now is one of Krakauer's other books, and it's under the banner of heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is fascinating. Isn't that a fascinating it's a fascinating book. read? And I'm enjoying it. He's a really great storyteller. He does insert here and there his, well, you know, having faith in anything is kind of irrational anyway. Right, so, you right, know, right, right. So right. he sticks that in there, which I think yeah. he wouldn't have to. Well, he's but, an atheist, right? Well, okay. one would assume. But, no, uh, I think he right. is. I think I think he talks about that in Into Thin Air. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Oh. sorry. Did you spoil the ending of that book for no. me? Oh. I, well, no. <laughs> no, I hope not. Sorry, that book is not about atheism. <laughs> no, but I think he comments so, on that. Anyway, oh, yeah. No, okay. I may be wrong. Fate, yeah. Somebody will let me know. Yeah. But anyway, so aside from that, I mean, he's a great storyteller. And I'm not an expert. I've done some, you know, research, but I'm not an expert by any means on like LDS history or anything. But it seems to line up with stuff I've read, and so I think that's pretty factual. I'd be curious to know if any members of the mainline LDS Church have read this and how what and, their opinion and are. what their what their take is on it as far as like the history and stuff. Is that you know get a, get a different perspective? Right. Yeah. That, I would yeah. I would be curious about that. Um, but it is a fascinating, a fascinating read. So, um, especially living where we're at, because I mean, well, we're like in the when the, yeah, a lot of the stuff that he that mentions, that. Like in, in the it, cradle. yeah, I can picture, or I can relate to, or I can, you know, mm -hmm. and so yeah, I think that um, lends a little different take to it as well, as opposed to somebody who you know for whom this whole culture would be sure you know really foreign, but. But it was good. Oh, it's quite the story. Yeah. So that and well, we watched the the chosen uh, the oh, episodes. Yeah, I wanted to oh, actually. I was going to yes. bring that up. So yes. So Lyle mentioned that, but you guys have been watching Chosen, mm -hmm. and I've heard very good things about this. But what it, is this about? Okay, fill her in. Sorry. No, no. Oh, okay. So in. the Chosen is a um, source funded app based 
source-funded, multi-series show. Multi-seasonal series. Multi-season show, that's right, on the life of Christ as seen through the lives of those who were with him, the chosen. And so it, it's really a lot more about Mary Magdalene and Nicodemus and Thomas than, than it actually is about Christ. Because um, those are the characters that you see develop. So you watch the events of Jesus's life through the eyes of these right. different kind, people. Yeah, yeah. Kind so of they're, that. they're and, each and their own little storyteller. Yeah, that and, and how, how being in contact with Christ has transformed them. You know, and what it meant, what it has meant for them to be with Christ, mm-hmm. and so they have, it, and it's it's crowd funded. So you you download the app, and then, and then you you know, of course, if it's on your phone or whatever, you cast it to your TV, so sure. you can, whatever. So you're watching it, and then, um, and you watch it free, but then, oh, every third episode or so, um, the fella, what's his name? Dallas. I Dallas. Dallas. Dallas Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. Wow. I was gonna say Keiko, but he's nope. a okay. He's, he's a, a pitcher for the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, about every three episodes, he'll he'll break in and he'll say, you know, okay, if, you like if you'd you like to donate to help make this happen some more, you know, here's how you do it, and so you can if you want, um, but it's otherwise it's free to watch. And they have finished the first series, first what do you call it, season. First season. It's about and, seven and episodes. And they're working on the second season right wow. now. And I think the first season was like eight episodes. And what's amazing about this, and what I think is really cool, is that Dallas Jenkins is a non-denominational, you know, belongs to a mega church. Oh, I think in Texas, California. Okay, see, he corrects me. So (laughs) anyway, you know, so that's Dallas Jenkins's background. The man who plays Jesus is Catholic. Um, Can you remember his name? Yeah, I don't either. Anyway, um, sorry, but he is. He's a very devout Catholic, and you can listen to him like pray the Rosary on Facebook and stuff. I mean, he's, oh, he's like okay. that. And they are filming this second season at the LDS Studios, just south of Provo. Oh, right on. Yeah, That's and cool. so, I, and, and I'm sure God is just looking down on this and smiling. Yeah. So you know, it's how cool is crowd that? Crowdfunded. Crowdfunded. Yes. So yeah. like. You watch a few episodes and then you you, you can just, donate if you, if you want yeah. to pay donate you can it's not a requirement oh, to watch it okay yeah so but, you could watch all seven or eight without paying sure. or you could pay when he comes on and kind of right. ask right. and you just pay through the app or or well probably. okay true confessions <clears throat> I haven't done it yet <laughs> no that, <laughs> but, that's okay but I think it is I think it's through the app or the website or oh yeah very interesting yeah. and they and they got. So, up and going. so has the different angle to tell the story of Jesus's life is that provided just some different insights on, or different maybe mini revelations on your part or I mean I, you know I mean I don't want to put it on the same category I don't want to make this movie canonical right it's not canon but I mean you know that's kind of the point right we have these we read or we watch or we hear and you know we can find truth in those. Things. Oh, absolutely! And what's really cool is, um, at the end of each episode, you can, if you want, watch. They have a little round table yeah. afterwards. So the guys consulting and advising as they make this consist of a Protestant pastor and a Catholic priest and a Jewish rabbi, and they're all you know hmm. adding and and so. It, it, to me, it's a really What's the word? It, it seems very authentic. It seems very real. You know, a lot of times you watch a Jesus movie and, you know, Jesus has got the light hair and the blue eyes. Blue eyes. Sure. He speaks right. with an English accent. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah. this just seems really like you, like you feel like you could be there. Like, like, yeah. this is, like this is it. And the characters, too, are just, they're so, they're deep. And, they're, and they, it's almost like in, you know, in the Bible, you know, you see Nicodemus and he comes to Jesus by night. Well, you know, you, here we're watching two or three episodes about why. Why is he coming at night, right. you know? And so 
it, I, to me, it's fascinating. I really, I really, really like it. I'm glad so we're gonna have to check we that heard out. that. It's, yeah. it's very much filmed through the culture of the time. So the Jewish sure. customs that are going on, the Roman, sure, the Roman world rule mm-hmm. at their time, and their interactions are, you know, not always real great, as you mm-hmm. would think. But really? there, but there are some some moments of closeness between some of the the, char- the characters. And I won't give it away, but uh, where the Roman a Roman soldier is like, why are you doing this? You know, because he's, you know, to a to a Jewish oh yeah friend who's not really a friend, but he's kind of become a friend. He's been sort of been put in charge of him, but yeah, those know. are pieces we never think about, and because like, they're real people, exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so you it's not death. biblical at all in that respect, yeah. but right. it tried to make it more like a a real. Like this is how people behave, yeah. and, it's, and it's it's reasonable. Yeah, but that gives depth to uh-huh. it's yeah. not one dimensional. Sure. Like you're setting up little paper, right. a paper Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And this right. is what they do, but now you have all those background people around them saying, you know, hey, hey, what about this? Right. Yeah. Well, I it's, think it's really good. What sounds interesting to me about that, right, is it it really is putting Jesus in humanity, right? And so you know. You read the Gospels and, you know, you recognize and you see this, you know, the huge, you know, Jesus being fully human, right? But you, we don't necessarily always put that in its entire context of, you know, being fully human means relationships and struggles and difficulties. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm assuming this movie maybe might highlight some of those of what it means to be human. Oh, absolutely. Um, and live absolutely. in the reality of humanity. Maybe right. where we maybe the gospels sometimes it's easy to skip over those parts maybe. well it is and you know it's interesting over you know over the course of well my life anyway there are times where the divinity of Christ is you know it makes perfect sense and I can really relate to that yeah 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 but the humanity not so much and then later on you know that may even be totally flip flopped and so it's it's really cool to see to see this portrayal of his humanity because it's it's very real. So Jonathan Rumi is, Jonathan, is the, yeah, Jesus. the actor's yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. How did you remember that? I don't know. That was great. Oh, was smokes. Great. I can remember how to get here tonight. So, so I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Luckily, you know, our street's pretty short. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it was short. We only had about well, eight, eight, eight houses to choose from on both gotta sides. Got to be one you of these. Literally, just start yeah. honking and like that. Come out. Well, well I saw you drive by, yeah. and I thought, well, then maybe they'd come around. And then I peeked out, and somebody was turned around at the end of the block. And I thought, oh, maybe if I just open the door, then, <laughs> then, so open the door. Let the helpful. light shine out. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't ask this question at the beginning, and I probably should have. Uh, you guys. Um, Born and raised Catholic, both of you, cradle Catholics, or yes, yes and uh, yes and yes. Different, very different upbringing, upbringings, I would say. I mean, within the well, okay. So I was, uh, we were both raised when the Latin rite was still going on. Sure. So we're just right at the edge of that. Sure. And my family, when I was about maybe ten or so. Quit going to church. This time. Yeah. So I hadn't been to a church in probably, except for maybe a wedding or a funeral. (laughs) Typical. (laughs) Uh, For probably 15, 18 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe pushing 20 years Mm -hmm. until I met Mary. And she was always going to church. And uh, so we we dated a couple of times. And she said, well, do you want to go to church? And I said, uh... Sure. <laughs> where is it? Where, where is it? I haven't seen one since I've been here. I guess I figured, well, if I want to date this 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 woman, I'm probably gonna have to go to church. So, and it wasn't a, wasn't a bad thing. I mean, I was very familiar with it all. It wasn't a big deal. You're not gonna well, burn. And and here's why he was familiar with it. My growing up, so I'm just a few years younger than than Lyle. And when at the end of the Second Vatican Council, when the mass changed the vernacular, and and boy, you could you could find a lot of creativity happening within the liturgy, and my parents would have none of it. They were not going there. They did not like they, changes. Not at all. And so we're in Green Bay because I was still little, 
um, they they've hunted around and amazingly, and I, I now I realize how amazing this is. I, at the time, you know, of course, you don't as a kid you don't appreciate it, but amazingly, the bishop in Green Bay gave an envelope for this retired priest to say the traditional Latin mass for us at, at a chapel at an orphanage on every the, Sunday or every Sunday it was, oh, wow. it was yeah and and it was with the you know the full blessing of the bishop and you know mm-hmm. in the things of the church and and so um, so I grew up with the Latin mass that was just what I did and so fast forward to Albuquerque so I'm going to the Latin mass down there and meet Lyle and I bring him to the Latin mass well of course, I mean, because his parents quit going when it changed. Well, yeah, and so, so he was like, "This is normal." Yeah, for him, this was like very, you know, very much what he was used to, and so well, that's what I remember. Right. Yeah. So you felt comfortable. Yeah. It, you yeah. fit right. No, there. I didn't feel uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Right. That's, there that's probably that's probably yeah, that's what that. yeah. So anyway, but that was an interesting, yeah. And yeah, a lot of things have changed since then. You know, <laughs> as far as our well, evolution. I, you would, you would evolution. need like eight podcasts, I to, think, to, to, cover, to, to cover all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's interesting. We might have to have eight episodes. Yeah. Mary and Lyle. Yeah. Maybe three. Well, it, it would be. It would be. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's part of the faith journey, though, right? I mean, well, I mean, tons of hiccups along the way. So if I said, you know, I mean, well, so, you know, Latin Rite, very comfortable in it, knew it, grew it up, and then the church changes, and and for better, I, there's a better way for me to say this, but leaves the Latin Rite behind, right? Mm. That had to be a tough transition well, for you, or no, did that go a little bit smoother than maybe what I'm assuming? So, um, so when... Well, you know, I mean, at some point, you had to stop going to Latin Rite because no one was doing it. Well, not here. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. And so when, 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 so in Albuquerque, there was always the Latin Mass to go to. Up here, when we moved here, um, there wasn't. And uh, how do I make this story short? Um, there's no way. <laughs> there's well, no, uh, it, it's, well, okay, so, there's no way to make this short. No way. Well, well I don't I'll, want... I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of things. One was uh, one really horrible thing that we did was uh, we, we, we tried we, we'd go to the mass and honestly we'd get angry yeah. at a lot of the things we'd see you know right or wrong or otherwise it was so foreign to us sure. it was so different we just couldn't blah so after a while we stopped going mm-hmm. and one Sunday one of our darling little children said to us well, how come we don't go to church on Sunday? Oh. No, no, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, there's a Latin right, yeah. there's a hidden, and then there's this no. new thing. No, they don't get that. No, 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 no. Well, so, it wasn't new anymore. So, sure. Yeah, but, any, but still, it well, was... Um, it's still kind of new. So that was the beginning of, of our uh, long, long journey. And uh, another um, family who lived up closer to... Um, what's that word? Rigby. Rigby, yeah. Um, we got to know them, and um, she went to Boise and spoke with Bishop Brown oh, at, the time, at yeah. the time and actually got his permission. And once a month, Father John O'Sullivan, who was retired, drove here and from, said, Boise. And from Boise, said the Latin Mass for us oh, wow. every Sunday for, oh my gosh, how many years did he do 10, that? 11, 12 years. He, he was, was pushing once night. a month or every once Sunday. A month. Pushing night, he, he couldn't do it month. anymore. No. Oh, God bless him. It was it was really, really awesome of him to do that. So that was a lovely thing. Um, and then the other Sundays, of course, we were, I mean, our, we were just doing the other on the mm-hmm. other Sundays. And yeah. Was it hard? I mean, were you gritting your teeth to get through it, waiting for the, just two more weeks and we can go to the mass before we go in? Not, it really wasn't that. No, I don't think so. It really wasn't. Once, once we said, okay, we're doing this thing. Right. That helped a lot. Right. Um, and again, you know, a lot of watershed moments, you know, along the way. And um, one of which I'll remember forever, we were at Holy Rosary Church 
and it must have been close to Divine Mercy Sunday because they had the big Divine Mercy picture mm-hmm. up there right. by, by the altar. And I was going up for a communion and I looked up and there's this Divine Mercy picture and it was clear as day the idea that son of a gun, this is Jesus' church. No. He can take care of this. I don't have to worry about this. This is his thing. Right. And boy, that just huge. Yeah. yeah, and personal, so a nice little right? personal it was, revelation. It was one right? of those, and so fantastic. And so there, and there were there were just you know several of those along the way. It was incremental, I'd say, a little bit. You know, oddly enough, when the new GIRM came out, mm-hmm. it changed just subtly some of the prayers in the in the new in the Roman rite right. that matched more closely to the older rite. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it did that. Because a lot of it was the translation. It wasn't Uh the Mass itself. It was the translation of it. So, Church moves slowly. That's what I always say. Like that. And and it's funny because when that came out, you know, we noted that the Spanish version of it didn't change at all because they were already adhering to that. It was just English. It was the English English. that that was off. So anyway... um, did I make that short enough? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't. <laughs> you know. Mary, short's not our goal. <laughs> <laughs> but earlier, you, you mentioned St. Patrick, and that's in Rigby? Rex, yeah, Rexburg. 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 Yeah. So you, there was a story. There is a story okay. there. Um, so we started going up there because um, the family that I just mentioned a little while ago, she said, well, why don't you come on up to Mass up here? And, and, so, we, and so we did. And our kids were about the same age, and she was teaching like first communion, and so we kind of did that thing together. And you know, as often happens, you know, it's like, oh, you want to teach a class? Right. Like, sure, I'll teach a class. And then, then it was a couple of classes, and then Lyle was teaching, and then then Ellen was teaching. And oh, it was, it was, <laughs> it, it yeah, was, it got it, a little it, out of control. It got, really. it did, it got out, of, it got out of control, and and Lyle was, you know, parish counseling and playing the music and it was just it was a lot it was a lot and our kids who were approaching their teenage years right we go up there for mass on sunday and that was it and so it was like they didn't have a community community or anything like that going on and so that wasn't good and so it was kind of a thought that was sort of rattling around just barely and uh we gathered the kids together, we're praying the rosary in the evening, and it was one of those moments where my head shot up. <laughs> wow. I think God talked to me. Oh, right on. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and and honestly, it was it was an experience like I hadn't had like that before. And people used to say, Well, you know, God said to me, da 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 sure. and I go, Yeah, right. <laughs> it happens. It really does. And so anyway, and and what the message was was Stop it. I mean, that was pretty much it. Stop it. And so that's when we came down here. And at the time, um, the whole, this part of the state, the deanery events for the youth were happening. Every right. month there was something for yeah. the high big. schoolers. Was this back when they had basketball games and, and yeah. all had, that? They yeah. had, every month there was, a, there was either a convention or a retreat or right. an activity for the kids in the, in this part it, of the state, uh, and boy, it was wonderful. I heard, I've heard stories. Yeah, it was really great. Really nice. the, so, the kids had a youth a yeah. summer at the YMCA. Yeah, there was, the, yes, the yeah, Elk Creek. That. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, there were good years and some. <laughs> and yeah, some shaky ones. But anyway, but it was, but um, it was, but they were all together and they were having yeah. fun mostly. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, so that's when we started coming down here regularly for mass, and so. Um, but you weren't living in. No, no, no we're same, in the same we've been house. in the same house for thirty same, years. Right, that's what I thought. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and honestly, from where we live, it's not that far no, to pretty. go that way. But anyway, yeah, the uh, so a lot of people were looking at us like, oh, are you new? Yeah, you guys just moved here. Not really. Yeah. So how big is the church? Is there still a St. Patrick's? Oh, yeah. I think it's still there. I, you know, I honestly don't know that much about it. And it's a mission church from okay. Mary Immaculate and St. Anthony. That's what so I thought. So the priest would okay. come down. Because I've had some yeah. students before tell me that they, like they'd move here, and then mm-hmm. they, that they attended Catholic church in, in Rigby, and I'd be Rexburg. like... In Rexburg, yeah. I'd be like, there's a, there's a Catholic there church really there, is. you know? There really but, is. <laughs> and then I'd feel bad for him because can't. I don't think it's very big, I'm sure. No, it's not. But it's a mission church, that makes probably sense. Probably seats 50-ish. Maybe 75. He filled yeah. it back up. Yeah. But if you're kids, there aren't very many kids. 
kids. No, they don't. There were lots of kids. Yeah. There were lots of kids. Um, the um, the demographic was very Hispanic. Right. And large families, lots of, and so. Oh, you guys fit in right down. Well, you with your <laughs> with your seven kids, you were probably just well, middle. Yeah, you were the middle. <laughs> you weren't the largest family. No, we weren't. Not by any stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it, was, it was interesting times. Yeah, I was on the parish council at St. Anthony. Uh, <laughs> the actual initial design of the parish hall was something that I put together on a like a napkin no, it <laughs> almost, almost. It, was, it was like on a on a Vizio diagram or something oh, like really? that or, you know or uh, something like that a, a drawing package like that and mm-hmm. they took I gave it to the, one of the guys who was going to build it and he basically he used that because oh, wow. uh, <laughs> you know the building in, in at the time in St. Anthony, I don't think they had a real strict building codes, so sure. to speak. Right. It was a little loose. It's still standing, right? It's still standing. <laughs> I've been in that building. Yeah, it's not bad. It's right behind the, yeah. the church, right? You right. just, you, I mean, you can go in it the other way, but technically, right yeah. behind the right. sacristy of the church. That's where the front start. doors are, yes. Yeah. It's got a little kitchen and a couple of bathrooms. Mm-hmm. It was very much functional and cheap. Right. Which is about what they could afford. Yeah. And what they needed. Yeah, they needed it to be functional and cheap. And cheap. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. sometimes I got to tell you is is it is sad when you look at like a small town and how they, for instance, Chalice. Have you guys ever been to the little church in Chalice? I don't think we've been. Not Chalice. And, and the they're very well. Well, Chalice is smaller. Smaller. And Chalice's altar, no Mackie's altar. Mackie's also tiny church and Mackie's altar is built with the rocks from the mine up at the Mackie mine and so there's this little story that when you walk into the church it explains to you how the wives of the miners um, got gathered the money to make the altar and the altar is totally weird looking you know I mean not like you normally see but when you read the story you're like that's beautiful like they did with what they have and then you go to a church like um, uh, Sun Valley's church and you're like you know what I mean it's like so that wa- that beautiful light that just trickles down it isn't made of glass or whatever in the middle of the church so beautiful I'm like that's gotta be really expensive plus expensive to clean you know I'm like look at all that money and then you've got Mackie and Chalice with their little wooden box churches you know mm-hmm. sometimes I don't know makes me think of um, the crucible and the and the pastor and the crucible wanting the golden candlesticks, you know, and and the farmers are like, every time I see those golden candlesticks, you know, it makes me angry because that's my money that mm-hmm. went to that. And I don't know. I don't know where I went with no, that. I don't know where you went with that. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny of the memories you have of churches because the church that I had my first communion in was Santa Cruz in, in, in just a little north of Santa Fe. And I used to think that church was enormous when I was a kid. And we go back there now, and I think it's a tiny little box. It's a, it's a Franciscan-style church, so it's, you know, a lot of wood. And, sure. And it's, but it's probably doesn't seat, what, 100 people, maybe? 125? Half the, is it half the size of Holy Rosary, maybe? Or even smaller? Maybe a third. Mm-hmm. But it's got a single aisle down the middle like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's did got you, two wings. So it's, you know, those old churches are designed like a cross. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did you grow up in Santa Cruz? or? Uh, well, I grew up in the Santa Fe area. Okay. I had a small church in Buffalo, Wyoming, too. Um, one, you know, one aisle up. And I remember thinking it was the most beautiful church in the entire world. You could never find another beautiful church. And then as I get older, I look at all these other churches, and I think I remember telling Jason, no, I have to go back to Buffalo. It's the most beautiful church ever. And I went in, and I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) I have different thoughts in my head about this church. It's still beautiful, but it's not the most beautiful church. Well, as far as, you know, faith journey stories, then, uh, I mean, you guys have had lots of them in different ways, praying the rosary with the kids or... You know all the different ways. Um, is there are there any more that just kind of stand out as far as 
kind of where you're at now, and, and maybe where are you now? Maybe that's maybe oh, a, an interesting, that is a, a different a, question. That is a good question. Um, I don't know if I can answer where I'm right now. It's a hard question. It, it is a hard question. I'd, I'd have to chew on that for a little bit. I think one thing, though, that was um, one of those watershed moments, a pivotal moment, um, was when the kids were little. I was teaching classes, and, you know, the kids were all, you know, I mean, going in a hundred different directions and very busy and but we would we gathered the kids for the rosary we you know pray before we ate and yada 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 and I was it was a confession and I don't even remember you know not that I would tell you what my sins were but um, <laughs> <laughs> but after you know when the priest was giving counsel he said Mary do you pray and I said well you know we, we pray the rosary and we pray before him and he goes no do you pray Honestly, I didn't know what he was talking about. Right. I really didn't know what that meant. Right. And so the whole idea of developing a prayer life, a quiet, intimate, right. conversational, relational prayer life, um, that, I think, has probably made one of the biggest differences yeah. in where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. Because that's huge. Absolutely mm -hmm. huge. So, that is huge. Yeah. And that, that is... It, it, it's those are one of those things right and it's so personal mm. and so often we or at least I'll speak for myself you know that you want to bring aids or you know what I mean tricks or tips or things in and, and really that's a very personal moment and it takes exercise it takes mm -hmm. you know diligence it takes being able just to be comfortable and sometimes that's not a real easy thing to do in life let alone in our own spiritual walk right very true. I would say terrible. it takes surrender sometimes. I mean, one that's of the one of the big moments in my life was probably uh, maybe twenty years ago, fifteen, eighteen, I don't know, something like that. Bunch of little kids in the house, and I'm kind of a nervous wreck. I mean, you know, I got all these kids' mouths to feed. And, <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, the jobs go ebb and go. You know, we're kind of having a downsizing in, uh, at work and. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't, I, I would guess I would have, you'd say I'd had anxieties. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, we, I we can have a conversation that. about anxieties yeah. <laughs> you want to and, right. and, I, and one night I just said, I can't do this anymore. And so I just asked God, he says, what, what do I need to do? I said, so I'll, I'll, I'll start saying pro, ro, rosaries and stuff like that. And I wasn't trying to make a deal. I was, sure. just, you were I just, I was just looking for something. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the course of the next two or three years, everything just got a lot better. Yeah. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't like a light switch. It was it, it was a progression, I would say. It was For me, that was a turning point, I would say. Yeah. No, I think that I like your comment, though. It, it, you know, it isn't, or at least it hasn't been like a light switch for me. Uh, you know, I hear these, fam you know, fantastic conversion stories and, you know, people who wake up one day and decide to stop doing whatever it is they're doing <laughs> and change their life. And I, I mean, those are fantastic, but it, it's, it, it seems like it's always incremental, right? And it is weird because it's one of those things, too, you don't really appreciate until you kind of look back. And then it's like... Do we look back? You know, how do I, what what context do I put that in, right? What, is it, am I being prideful? Am I saying, or or am I appreciating just the growth and the, the experience and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. That's that's one thing about, for me, the faith journey is, is you know, I, I hear what you said about anxieties, Lyle, and I would say, you know, I can remember, oh, yeah, you know, kids were little and, you know, Paychecks were small and budgets were tight and bills were big and you know kid come home and lose his glasses out in the soccer field and that could that would set you you know that oh my gosh. that threw the whole thing into a tizzy right I mean yep. okay what isn't you know it's how are we gonna first date <laughs> <laughs> oh wait let me take that back I just got a side note let, I gotta just tell you the story about son number two first day of getting glasses. He actually goes over somewhere on this block to play with some friends, and he breaks them. First day. Okay. We go get them replaced. It's the end of the first week now, 
he goes to Ethel Boy's to play soccer with his friends. And because he doesn't want to break his glasses, he takes them off and lays them in the grass. Uh-huh. Then he gets home, and it's dark, and he goes, oops, I left my glasses in the field. And we're like, you just left your glasses in the field? Like, they're supposed to be on your head. Oh, it was the worst night. And so Jason and uh, boy number two had to go out with the flashlight. They found them. They found them. But, but, but you know, I, I, I would... And when you're poor? <laughs> yes. yes. But you know, that, that point of anxiety, right? I mean, I still find myself today, right, in those moments of anxiety. Like, okay, Lord, what, what do I do? Or how do I manage? Or what do I do? But, you know, when I... Sometimes I'll sit and reflect on a moment and go, you know, remember when? You know, remember when we lost it over glasses and those types of things. And so... I, I, it's not like I want to take pride, but it is, there is a little bit of that sort of confidence in the promises of Christ that say, when you, you know, follow me, right, you, you know, we grow, we grow in faith. And, you know, those things that tipped us over um, don't tip us over as easily as they did today as they maybe they did 20, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, I, I used to get claustrophobic and mm-hmm. crowds and restaurants and airplanes. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, and and now it's occasionally it'll rear its ugly head, but not very often. Uh, it's pretty rare. You know, um, you were saying that you guys did. You just kind of stopped going to church for a while, and and not everybody wants to share that, you know. But <laughs> I will share with you the same thing about us, you know. Uh, we just had four kids, and you had more. So I don't, I can't use that as a defense, right? When I'm with you, because you're mother, your mother superior. <laughs> My but kids might beg to differ. <laughs> it was, you know, it was just a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a big task to get them all prepared to go to church, oh, and then they always have bad moods or bad attitudes that are just, it's a fight, and sometimes you just don't want the fight. And so I know that we. We didn't go, and then our we had two children get very active in hockey, which always happens on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And hockey became the most important thing in this house. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until um, I we went to a cursio, and at that cursio, I I think part of it was you just have to you have to go to church. And I'm like, we have to go to church, Jason. We just have to go. And, and it's going to be hard. And, and actually, we only had two kids left in the house. So and they were high schoolers. So they're not going to fight, you know. But mm-hmm. they tried. They tried to fight us. And like, why would we do this? How about we just go once and then the other three Sundays are okay. Like once a month is good. We're like, no, we're going every Sunday. And, and they fought it for a little bit, like late out of bed or, you know, tried to drag their feet. But even they started to, it just is easy to get into the habit. It's not as hard as I thought it would be, and um, now I, now when I miss a Sunday because like traveling or something, I'm kind of missing something, and so I, there for us it was that moment. It was Curcio that just kind of righted the ship and got us to put our priorities back in order about about um, what's most important, and I think hockey has is still like. We have a love for hockey, but um, I think we look back and wish we didn't put hockey first. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of parents tell their kids that, you know, this is more important than, than church, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, you know, I guess we do the best we can. And yeah. we do, and somebody, and I can't remember who it was, I just heard recently said, you know, we don't wake up in the morning and say, golly, how can I screw up my kids' lives today? You know, we, we don't do that. We do what we think is right at the time and we do our best and that's, the best. that's what we can do that's what we can do yeah. so well I, hey I, um, I want to thank you guys for coming on our show and doing this our second episode and thank you for coming to our house and sharing beer and putting up with the dog and I think it's kind of funny yeah, that we have the dog, dog in the backyard <laughs> barking. the dog is absolutely awful today well mm-hmm. I am glad to hear that you guys are in a crack hour mode mm because I just finished teaching Into the Wild oh, with my students. Yes. And um, so it was cool to hear you guys yeah, like Into Thin Air is a really good one too. I mean, that 
I'm not huge into mountain climbing, but that's a good story mm. about that. That's one of the worst years on Everest, I think. I At I the think time, so, yeah. it was one of right. the worst years of deaths or whatever. Right. And um, another crack hour book, if you ever want another one, is the Missoula. Missoula. Yeah, yeah read Karen that. read. Our daughter Our read daughter that. Read she, yeah. And she actually knows one of the people. Yeah, yeah they're in that she's book. She's from here yeah. in Idaho, mm-hmm. so or Idaho Falls. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I was glad to hear that. Well, right on. Well, with that being said, um, I guess I just want to remind everyone they can find us on Spotify, find us on our links to our show on Instagram, and that's uh, they can find that. How else can they find us? Our website, mm-hmm. IdahoDeaconJason.com, and on Anchor uh, at IdahoDeaconJason as well. Yes. So. I want to thank you all. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you. And uh, God bless to everyone. Thank you. Thank you.